social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. A problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. 24 hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401 732 6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook, and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, to installation, RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. It's Coogie. It's 24 hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating 401 732 6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website petro.com we have made it to friday my goodness you know what's amazing is this not the longest month ever i mean this is uh, we have a whole another week to go of january we actually have an entire another full week to go of january this is um it's friday january 21st it we have a full another week to go february 1st is out until a week from tuesday what a month this has been. All right, let's go to, I, I want to start off with something. Sad. I'm going to touch on, um, folks, we still, th there is some good news. I am hearing that the Republican Party of Rhode Island has found and have a candidate. Or, you know, when I say has found, or maybe it's someone that found them. But from what I understand, they have someone. And this person is, um, from what, again, what I've been told, uh, I, I don't know who the person is. I'm just told that it's female and someone who is a has been a successful business person and has, from what I understand, an impressive resume, uh, has a family, and they're getting everything lined up. And, and I also heard that this person can self-fund. This is what I have been told. So now, you never know. Things can happen at the last minute. I've seen people, for different reasons, get cold feet and not pull the trigger. But that's what's happening uh, as we speak. Meanwhile, on the race for governor, do you know right now, there's no one running for governor of Rhode Island who will who will stand up and say, I will not give driver's licenses to illegals. Is that, I mean, that is just insanity. Also, Governor McKee announced yesterday his plans, a $13 billion budget, $13 billion budget, and nowhere does it talk about cutting taxes. See, with the Democrat Party right now, you can't, they never will announce that their idea of cutting taxes is not raising taxes and fees. There's a lot of fees in Rhode Island that could be eliminated. There's so much waste. They don't call it a tax, but it's a fee. Many business people know exactly what I'm talking about. There's so much they could clean up. Instead, you know, this business of Eleanor Slater Hospital and all these big buildings and all these other projects, and there's nothing. Why not cut taxes? They could cut the sales tax, get us more in line competitive. Matthews and Connecticut were an outlier. They could cut regular taxes. Other governors are cut cutting taxes. You should keep more of your money. In Rhode Island, for the businesses, there's way too many fees and everything. But Governor McKee has just been uh, found himself thrust into this position where he has all this money. Um, maybe there's someone that could get elected that there'd still be some money left over because we're being overtaxed. The state, I believe, is going to have a $700 million surplus. You know what that means? That means they took $700 million too much of our money. That's what it means. So, but so far, no one has emerged. Think how refreshing that would be if someone stepped forward and said, I'm going to cut taxes. And illegal aliens, let's face it, folks, th this is about giving them not only a driver's license, it, it's really about pandering to the Latino community. And it's also, what, what do you need to vote? You need a driver's license. If, if Let's just say someone could step forward and say, listen, if you're going to have them here, right, sanctuary city, sanctuary state, but they can take the rip the bus. 
or they can get, whatever get bicycles or so I, I don't know what the answer is but I don't know why they have to drive our roads are not safe enough as someone that I was in court recently uh, with drunk watching the drunk drivers come in and out and I would say every third person needs a translator <clears throat> what does that tell you our roads are dangerous enough, let alone if you don't speak the the, uh, the language. All right, let's go to some of the sound that we have, starting with, boy, this is like out of a page out of uh, Jorge Elorza, yeah, Providence Mayor Jorge Elorza's book, where you have the uh, governor of California. Now, they're talking about, have you seen these gangs that are robbing the trains out there? They go on board the the car- you know, the, the uh, delivery trains, and they rifle through, and they steal everything. Here's the governor of California who apologizes because he uses the word gangs. This is under, this is a Democrat talking point because Mayor Alorza, he won't allow anyone to use the word gangs anymore. They have to say groups of people, groups of individuals, uh, even though Rhode Island Providence has a terrible gang problem. This is Governor of California, Gavin Newsom. Let me hear this. gangs of people that are coming at it. Forgive me for saying gangs. I know that, that, that that's not a pejorative. They're organized groups of folks. Let's say that again. This is not one-off. This is organized. These are organized gangs of people that are coming at it. Forgive me for saying gangs. I know that, that, that that's not a pejorative. They're organized groups of folks. You know, you know what is outrageous about that is, you know, Rhode Island has some motorcycle gangs. Northern Rhode Island has some motorcycle gangs. What? See, now, no, you can't use the word gang. You're offending the gang members. Suddenly, using the word gang is racist. In Chicago, there's, there's all this shooting back and forth. Those are gangs that are going on. Let's go to Tucker Carlson. Kamala Harris, suddenly interested in borders. Well, you know, Ukraine and the Russia and the Ukraine border and... Russia can't go into the Ukraine border, huh? Suddenly, she seems very interested in borders. I thought we have open borders. I thought there's no such thing as a border. Let's hear this. So in the end, it fell to poor Kamala Harris to explain why we need to fight for the honor of Ukraine. And she did it on the Today Show, the Biden administration's forum for deep thoughts on foreign policy. Here's what she said. And on the subject of Ukraine, I will tell you that the president has been very clear, and we as the United States are very clear. If Putin takes aggressive action, we are prepared to levy serious and severe costs, period. And I will tell you that part of the the posture that we have taken is grounded in the respect and the value we place in sovereignty and territorial integrity. Reading her little talking points as vehemently as she can. But the best, the emphasis we place, the value we place on territorial integrity, borders, sovereignty, the right to determine who comes into your country and when. That's the word from Kamala Harris, the lifelong open borders activist. You know, that is such a good point. And folks, also, you know, look in Rhode Island where all these... uh, with the, the people that say, you know, no one is illegal and someone that lands here, they can, uh, they're a, a Rhode Island citizen, as Lieutenant Governor Matto says, oh yeah, if someone uh, comes to Rhode Island from Guatemala or from Central America, they're a, they're a Rhode Island resident. And you also have the activists saying, you know, it's, it's Tierra Mack, state senator, it's racist to ask someone for voter ID. Black people don't According to Sierra Mac, African-Americans, it's, um, they, they, they don't walk around with IDs. So it's racist to ask them to have and present an ID at the polls. However, what have they been posting the past few weeks? Different communities, different towns are giving out free COVID tests. Oh, how do you get a free COVID test? Number one, you have to be 55 or older. Number two, you have to show your license to show that you're a resident of that town. Uh, I think everywhere's doing that. Really? So in other words, you have to be a resident. So there's a difference between a resident and non-resident. I sent a message to one of the different spokespeople for one of the different cities and towns. And I said, could people from Massachusetts, can they go to, just as an example, Central Falls? Oh, no, no, no. No, you can't. People from Mass can't go to Central Falls to get a COVID test. No. Could someone from Cumberland or, uh, you know, Providence go to Central Falls? Oh, no, no. This is, no, you have to show you're a resident of Central Falls 
You have to be 55 or older, then you can get the pre-COVID test. Oh, so there's a requirement. You're acknowledging there were residents, there are non-residents. So there is a difference. What happened to, oh no, everybody, there's no, no person's illegal. Open borders. Oh no, somebody lands here. They, I mean, they, think of, they don't even see the irony. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What if someone shows up at your town hall and they don't have their license? Well, they can't get it. Well, why not? Is, it, is that racist? Is that racist to ask someone to show their license that they happen to be a resident of that particular community? You know, so what, why is it, why can you enforce that to give out a free COVID test? But for voting, oh, well, you can't ask that for voting. Voting's a fundamental right. Voting is, no, it's racist in their mind now. Oh, no, it's racist if you ask someone with the, for their ID and people don't carry it. Where is, where's Black Lives Matter? Where are all the people saying about the, uh, it's racist and we need to repeal voter ID? Where, where's that crowd? Why, why, why would someone be able to do that? Oh no, for that you got to be able to show you're a resident. We're not giving them out to non-residents. We're not giving them out. Some of the, some communities are giving them lower than fifty-five, but some have established have to be Warwick sent out a, a release. You must be fifty-five. You have a license to show you are a resident of the city of Warwick. Huh? Just like voting. Well, no, voting's different. Voting's a fundamental right. Voting you shouldn't have to show or uh, ask someone. Someone shouldn't have to show have a license on them and show that they actually uh, live there. I also, uh, President Trump was on with Sean Hannity last night. Let me uh, dip in. It was, they covered some familiar ground. Let me hear this. And by the way, no mandates. The mandates are killing this country. No mandates got a good decision from the Supreme Court. I put on three justices of the Supreme Court. Almost 300 judges. We had almost 300 change the whole court system, but they just gave a good ruling on that. They're coming up with some other rulings. Hopefully they'll be good. Very important rulings coming up. So we'll see what happens. But it was a beautiful time, and I think people wanted to celebrate it, and I think that's why the book has been so successful. Well, the the fact of the matter is... um... I'm going to be, you know, people are already asking, what do I think? Because, you know, he and DeSantis may end, end up in a primary together. Let, let it just, here's my answer. Let it just play out. A lot of times there's no reason to try to hedge your bets or make predictions. Let, let's just wait and see how that goes when the two of them are on the same stage. I want to play this. Listen to this parent um, talking about the difference now of uh, how parents think of their children compared to teachers and society. Let me uh, hear this we start making better. woke individual. Never invested as much in public education as we should have. Hold on. This is uh, Melissa Harris Perry. Melissa Harris Perry. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. How about that? That is a promo. On MSNBC, your children don't belong to you. They belong to the state. That's communism. This woman's actually saying that. That's a promo for MSNBC. I think she is actually a commentator on MSNBC. She looks familiar. The name seems familiar. I don't watch a lot of MSNBC. See, we have to break this through this idea that the children belong to you. They belong to the, to the community. They belong to all of us. We decide with your children. Let's hear that again. <laughs> never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children your kid is yours and totally your responsibility we haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children so part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households then we start making better investments you know that is that is actually the fundamental of uh, communism. You know, I also want to play, um, Tucker Carlson did a good piece on Howard Stern. I was a big Stern fan. I was a huge Stern fan. And I, I'm really, number one, he's on satellite, and I, I, so I really don't listen to him anymore. He, before I play this, listen, he has unbelievable amount of wealth. He, his life changed. <clears throat> he remarried. Um, he has 
incredible wealth. He became very friendly. I'm, I'm very familiar with the, the Howard Stern story. He became very friendly with Jimmy Kimmel. And somehow, it, it, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel, but they basically convinced him, or Howard Stern made a decision. What's the point of being this famous person with all of this money? And, and again, reportedly, he makes over $90 million a year with for uh, SiriusXM. He basically helped them build that out. But what is the point of having all that money and, and fame, and you know these celebrities, if no one wants to socialize with you, no one wants to be around you, and then you're basically just, you know, who are your friends? So he decided a while ago to really push that he had been in therapy, and he kind of, in some ways, without fully announcing it, but he, he's kind of like a born-again, meaning that he now says, listen, that wasn't me. I've gone to, when I, and he was brutal on people. He was brutal on Robin Williams. He was brutal on a lot of different, a lot of celebrities hated him. Um, the audience loved it, and Stern was funny, but, so a lot of celebrities. So he, he wouldn't get invited to things, and he started spending far more time. He bought a huge, unbelievable complex out in the Hamptons, and he started hanging around with some other celebrities uh, kind of around his age and background. He became very friendly with Billy Joel. Howard Stern. He's very friendly with Jerry Seinfeld. He's very friendly with Jimmy Kimmel. And basically, you know, there were times that someone would say, I, I, I want to invite him to a dinner party. And some celebrity would say, no, 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 no. He was rotten to this one and that one. So he's kind of, hey, that wasn't me. And I've changed. And he, he's going the, the polar opposite. And anyone that, that's followed it. I, I don't listen to him a lot. Um, sometimes when I have heard him, if it's just him and Robin talking about the news, he could be funny. He's obviously talented. I still, I would maintain Rush was more talented because Rush was alone. Rush, who is now, uh, you know, we lost Rush uh, a year ago, Rush Limbaugh, but Rush was was still very relevant. Stern, his act has completely changed. And uh, I just want to play Tucker Carlson kind of took him to task. Howard Stern, by any measure, is one of the great radio hosts of all time. He makes a huge amount of money for doing what he huge. does, but there's a reason for it. He was incredibly brave and creative. Vulgar, yes, but truly talented, but above all, courageous. Stern defended free speech. He was fired for it repeatedly. He used his platform to fight government censorship, to give the finger to the man. There was a lot that was impressive about Howard Stern, for sure, and that bravely allowed him to be creative, but not anymore. Maybe it was the coronavirus that broke him. Maybe it was just hormonal changes in the middle age. He's now a coward. And his broadcast is about cowardice. Amplifying his fears about corona over the air and attacking, more precisely, attacking anybody else who's decided to live life as a free person. When are we going to stop putting up with the idiots in this country and just say, you now, it's mandatory to get vaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. I want to get out of the house already. I, I want to go next door and play chess. I want to go take some pictures. This is bull****. So this is a guy who's had every vax available, and he's still hiding in his basement because the vaccine works so well that he can't go out. Right. So when other people disagree, when Aaron Rodgers, for example, the athlete decided to make his own medical decisions about the vaccine, Howard Stern was enraged. He said Rodgers should be kicked out of the NFL. Socializing is now off limits to Howard Stern. He scolded Oprah because she had the audacity to host, brace yourselves, a Christmas party. And I'm really amazed by Oprah. I really am. I mean, on her Instagram, she likes to take you into her house where every night of Christmas is a big party, like a celebration, and she flies in a different chef. And I'm, you know, it's getting very confusing to me. You know. I see what's going on with COVID. Everyone's got it. Everyone's sick. People have 104 fever. I don't want to have 104 fever. I don't want to get sick. So I, I'm hiding. But everyone else is out running around. I see Oprah's got seven dinner parties. So the guy was always a narcissist. Obviously, the show was about himself. But again, he had a spirit. He had bravery. But he's declined into this kind of quivering mass of neuroses and hatred. Hatred that has so overtaken him that he's decided that anyone who doesn't follow his command should just go die. Listen. If it was up to me, anyone unvaccinated would not be admitted to a hospital. 
At this point, they've been given plenty of opportunity to get the vaccine. They don't trust our government. They think that there's some conspiracy to turn them into a magnet or something like this. Now, if you don't get it, in my America, uh, all hospitals would be close to you. You're going to go home and die. So if you don't trust the government, you don't get health care and you should die. So the bigger question is, how did this brave, creative guy become a tool, a craven tool of the powerful wishing death on his own listeners? There's something sad about this, really sad. Yeah. You know, I and I give credit to Tucker. Um, again, Stern... He, he's going to, he is going to, people say, you know, when he, he is going to stay and collect a paycheck as long as we want to pay him. And right now they're still paying him a lot. I mean, if they cut his pay in half, he would make what, 45 million, 40 million a year. I mean, it's still so over the top astronomical. Um, he is just going to ride this. And also his parents are still alive. His parents are in the late nineties, if not close to 100. So Stern, who I think think today's his birthday right around here um i i i think he is still late 60s i don't think he's 70 yet so he he could be on this earth you know he could be on this earth another like 35 40 years even and he's gonna be on for a long time but tucker is exactly right i mean it's just so over the over the top with uh the, that type of talk all right we have a lot ahead it is friday and it's the john DePietro show Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Folks, joining us right now, he is FEAR's Government Relations Communication Director. And it is R.J. Hallman. R.J., uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time to join us and uh, welcome once again, one of my friends from Fear to the John DePietro Show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. RJ, let's start off. Uh, obviously, things are drastically different uh, under the Biden administration. It's, it's incredible the damage we saw just in one year with the borders. But Fear, obviously, <clears throat> I enjoy broadcasting each year from Washington, hold their feet to the fire. But give people an idea of just how bad illegal immigration right now is, in fact, going under the Biden administration. Yeah, I don't even know where to begin. You know, Biden actually had his uh, his his very rare press conference at the White House, I believe, on Wednesday, and it was really disheartening to see a lot of these reporters, um, you know, who cover the White House, never asked a single question on immigration. I mean, they focused more on a crisis at Ukraine's borders than our very own. I mean, just that day, you know, the Biden administration. One thing that they've done is they've tried to kind of subtly hide how bad things are at the border when it comes to immigration. You know, every you know, under the Trump administration, even early on in the Biden administration, they'd always release their monthly numbers, maybe the, the first week of the following month. I mean, now it's January 21st, and the Biden administration still hasn't released their border numbers for December. Well, you know, we saw in a court filing they were able to, we were able to obtain them, and then we were finally able to say that the Biden administration in their calendar year, not fiscal year 21, 2021, but the calendar year 21, the entire Biden presidency, there's been over 2 million apprehensions at the border a number we really have not seen before but again this is all a result of policies they rescinded simply because president trump had issued them and then policies they put out on their own that protect many people here illegally from enforcement and actually encourage more people to come up from central america through mexico and at our border but again there's really no end in sight you know our only hope 
is that they are rebuked strongly at the polls in November 2022, the Democratic Party as a whole, and the Republicans can take back uh, either the House or the Senate or both and really restore some oversight and, and control the purse strings and prevent where the money goes at the agencies that are in charge of carrying out our immigration laws. RJ, it's interesting. I, I don't think, uh, you're, you know, you're exactly right. We don't even, we don't even hear Vice President Harris even mention the border anymore. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, she was supposed to, you know, lead the task force and, you know, it's supposed to be something that she controls in her portfolio, but she's ignored it, maybe because she cares more about her political prospects if Biden doesn't end up running in 2024. But yeah, again, I mean, the administration hasn't taken this seriously at all. And, and, and again, it's being swept under the rug. And, and again, we're hoping the American people um, are watching, you know, what's going on and what the Biden administration is doing. But yeah, again, I mean, our big fear is that this border crisis has become the new normal. I mean, even last summer or so, you know, this was getting a ton of media coverage, and the Biden administration, some of them put out fires left and right. The numbers have basically stayed the same. They've plateaued. But again, this is being swept under the rug by both the media and the Biden administration. But the, and the American people will take note. And we hate to see that there are certain events, like what happened with that terrorist in Colleyville, Texas, who fortunately nobody was... You know, nobody was killed at the synagogue that, that he took hold of. But that person, again, came in the United States after the Biden administration had weakened vetting for foreign nationals. So it, it's unfortunate that, again, events, you know, have to focus um, the public's attention on, on their immigration mistakes. Folks, again, we're speaking with R.J. Hallman, Fears, Government Relations Communications Director. R.J., what about the fact that um, New York City may now start to allow illegals to vote in their local city oh, elections? Now, it's not the good thing is it's not all illegals. It's just some that are, that are eligible under you know limited criteria. But it's basically, you know, they're trying to erase uh, the distinction. I think this is what the Democratic Party's doing as a whole. Just erase the distinction between, you know, American citizens, green card holders, guest workers, and some people here illegally. And they're only doing that for political gain. But what happened in New York is, you know, one of the most dangerous steps we've seen a, a state or locality take. Them on the immigration issue. So, you know, they're adding about 800,000 foreign nationals to the voter rolls. And to put that, you know, in some perspective, the the, uh, the uh, mayoral election that put Eric Adams in the office, there were only 1.1 million votes total were cast. So, I mean, you're essentially doubling the voter rolls. That's certainly going to have, you know, a politically impact. And this is a political impact. This is just another damaging step, again, in what the Democratic Party is trying to do. All they care about when it comes to immigration, though, is increasing their voter base and doing it for economic benefit. And we're, we're afraid that this is going to be a slippery slope of sorts at other very far left uh, cities uh, around the country. Fortunately, even though Democrats are trying to, you know, again, increase their voter base and turn out under the guise of voting rights here in Washington, they're not going this far yet. But again, states are offering it. States and localities are offering a preview of what leaders in the party want to do in the years to come. RJ, before I let you go, and I will have you back at another time, but right now, Rhode Island is faced with a uh, Democrat governor who's pandering, trying to get elected in November. He's filling out the term of Commerce Secretary Junior Raimondo. But uh, one of the areas he feels he can do it is by, he feels getting the Latino vote. And what he's, he's willing to do is, his name is Governor Dan McKee, is he is in fact willing to give driver's licenses to illegals. What, what, what can you tell people that are listening right now? He tries to say, oh, you know, it's all just they're part of the economy, and this way, you know, it, it'll cut down on accidents and more people will be insured. What, what, what's your reaction to that? You know, again, it's just ridiculous to see states that are doing this. And we wish the federal government was a little bit more intense on preventing their ability from even uh, doing so. But, I mean, this, this circles back to the voting, uh, the voting rights thing. If you are giving out driver's licenses to people here illegally, and that is what is required at the polls – I mean, you could have illegal aliens voting, and it's just, it's just, it's just an absurd notion again, too, that American citizen, you know, can't go in certain states or cities. They can't even go into a bar or restaurant without showing their license. And then, you know, to go to the polls, though, you don't even need to show it. I mean, it just shows how absurd the federal government is and state governments do that they're willing, you know, to prevent American citizens from being able to do things but give legal aliens driver's license so they're able to potentially vote. It's just a mess all around, and I hope, you know, those in Rhode Island are taking note um, and, and will make them pay for doing so at the polls. Now, one other thing to keep in mind on the Hispanic front, that is a ridiculous way to pander to Hispanic voters. This is a mistake that Democrats are making, you know, down in Texas, Arizona, I'd say just nationally, is they view every Hispanic person as an illegal alien. 
you know, if you're in a Hispanic and you're Rhode Island, you're like, hey, I already have a driver's license. I'm here illegally. How about you fix my dang economy, okay, or stop shutting down, you know, uh, uh, the government or stop shutting down businesses. Those are things people truly care about. It's a mistake to think that, hey, you can get the Hispanic vote if you give a legal driver's license because, again, many of them are here illegally or are here legally and are very pissed about those who came here illegally and, and, and caused them to be grouped with them. Yeah, I'll leave you with this. And again, RJ, I've agreed to folks. We're going to be speaking with uh, someone from FEAR each week, but RJ is FEAR's government relations communication. RJ, it's just comical to me you have Democrat officials saying, you know, we right. need to repeal voter ID because it's racist to ask people to show an ID. They also the one turn around and say, well, you know, no one's illegal and there's really no such thing as a border and so forth. However, recent, just this last week, they were giving out COVID tests in the community. And if you want to get a COVID test, you have to be 50, you have to be 55 or older and show your license to show you're a resident of that town. How I so what are, what are we talking about? So we're establishing, in fact, that there are borders, that there are uh, you know dividing lines, that you have to be a, a a member of the town and you have to be a certain age and you have to show a license in order to get the free COVID test. It's absolutely ridiculous. Same here. I've been in Washington. I have to show that you're from D.C. to go to a public library, show your D.C. identification card yep. to get the test. It's, the same. it's just absurd. It's happening everywhere. We, get, we hope that people are paying attention to point out the hypocrisy going on on the left. Folks, I'm also very pleased to announce that fear we are going to be doing the uh, Hold Their Feet to the Fire again coming up uh, later in the year. He is R.J. Uh, Harmon, Government Relations Communications Director for FEAR. RJ, great job as always. Uh, we're going to be talking to you a lot this year. There's a lot on the line. We also have um, Rhode Island, uh, if, as you probably caught in the news before I let you go. So well, this is the first time in over 10 years there's an open congressional seat. Congressman Jim Langevin, obviously a Democrat, he's announced he's retiring. Uh, his CD2, Congressional District 2, it's a winnable seat. Uh, President Trump got 46% of the vote in that district. So we're in Rhode Island, you have two congressmen, David Cicilline, uh, uh, CD1, Congressional District 1, is the most, unfortunately, most Democrat district in the entire country. But this is a winnable seat. The party's aware of it. Uh, there are some good Republican candidates that are, uh, you know, circling it already, and, and we'll have more on it. But RJ, great job, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable, Fuel oil delivery, fuel, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial, it's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Remember, online at henryoil.com. Go with the original. Go with the best. It's Henry Oil. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380 and 99.9 .9 FM. Remember, always online at the website, dipietro.com. Folks, joining us right now from the Pacific Legal Legal Foundation's Legal Policy Director, it's Daniel Dew. And Daniel, um, thank you for joining us. And I'd like you to touch on the uh, ramifications of the Supreme Court and their decision against these Biden mandates for private businesses and entities to uh, require them to have their employees to get the vaccine. Well, thank you for having me. And yeah, I think it was a I think it was a great ruling. Um, what the court basically said is, while the the Biden administration and OSHA's intent may be noble, it doesn't matter. They're still limited by the Constitution and by what they've statutorily been given by Congress. And OSHA is there to protect uh, workers and in, in the workplace. And you know, the court recognized that this is really the, the Biden administration looking for any way possible to use what's in place without going through the steps of passing legislation 
to impose a nationwide vaccine mandate and, and the court said that's you can't do that you can't go beyond what has been granted to osha in in statute and daniel what about if there's someone listening right now that they were feeling tremendous pressure from their employer and the employer even sometimes some people have left jobs because they run to the impression that they were going to be forced to get the vaccine yeah, so so that's a different question. So that's that's uh, uh, you know private employers can choose uh, how they want to, to run their business. They have private property rights as well, and so it's it's a much different question if it's a private employer telling its employees what they what they have to do in order to stay uh, employed with them. But as far as the federal government, and uh, th- this was a huge defeat to the Biden White House. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Biden White House is is trying to do, unfortunately, what we've seen a lot of presidents try to do recently is when they don't have the votes in Congress to get what they want. Uh, you know, as as President uh, Obama infamously said, they use their pen and a phone and, and they just start issuing these executive orders, emergency orders, telling their their agencies to to issue regulations, anything to avoid the legislative process because they know they don't have the political will or the votes to to get what they want. Folks, again, we're speaking with Daniel Dew, Pacific Legal Foundation's legal policy director, and this is all in the aftermath of the Supreme Court rejecting the Biden administration, uh, basically trying to get all companies to have their employees vaccinated. Where does it go from here, Daniel? Do they appeal or do the Biden people just accept the court's decision? So it's really interesting. I I would suspect that that OSHA would would drop it because in reality this was just a stay. This the whole the decision from the court was whether to stop the regulation from going into effect while this is being litigated. But I mean the six justices who voted against the the OSHA mandate have already really tipped their hand which way they're going to go. So I I highly doubt that uh, that OSHA keeps litigating this. And and finally, how does it reach a point like that? Um, <clears throat> were you surprised at the court's decision, or is this something that in legal circles people knew that the uh, White House administration, that they were going to have trouble with this with the Supremes? Yeah, I think, I think people knew that this was, that they were going to have problems with this. I mean, I think that, that we've seen a, a, a pattern with this administration where they they may acknowledge that what they're doing is outside of statutory or constitutional bounds, and they, they push forward anyway because they, they want to see what they can get. You know, if if these companies, if there's a chance that they're going to have to uh, to uh, you know comply with with these orders, they may already put the put the mechanisms in place. They may, as you mentioned, already be pressuring their employees to get vaccinated, and that's what they want. So. You know, it's it is a it is a, a bad pattern that, that we've seen. Folks, again, Daniel Du, Pacific Legal Foundation Legal Policy Director. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate. 401 688 Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brother's Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brother's Disposal, 401-688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brother's Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brother's Disposal, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Look for them on Facebook. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM thirteen eighty ninety nine point nine FM. Folks, joining us right now from the Republican National Committee, he's our friend Tommy Pichot. And uh, Tommy, folks, it's not people's imagination. There are certainly a greater number of people, seemingly, that are now starting to gravitate towards the Republican Party. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, that's really happening. Uh, we see it in recent polling that shows the largest shift towards the Republican Party in one calendar year since Gallup began tracking 30 years ago. 
So we're really seeing this huge shift towards Republicans because Americans are rejecting the Democrats' failed agenda and accepting and embracing the Republican agenda about opportunity for all. And I think that's a message that's going to win in 2022. Tommy, this is really incredible because, you know, people hear a lot about, you know, just Florida and Governor Ron DeSantis. Obviously, it made news with uh, Governor Yunkin getting elected in Virginia. But what do you think of some of the issues around the country that, like, for instance, when I see things about defund the police, I say, good, let them promote that. The more they do that, the more people gravitate towards the GOP. Well, I think what really is the problem here is that Democrat policies, or at least the problem for the American people, is that the Dem- Democrat policies are failing at every single level. I mean, I think the Gallup poll was illuminating and showing that massive shift towards Republicans, but new political po- political polling today kind of graded Joe Biden's performance, asking Americans to give Biden an A through an F on a, a series of issues. And on COVID-19, the plurality of Americans gave him an F. On the economy, an F. Restoring unity, an F. Immigration, an F. The national debt, an F. So it's really on issue after issue. He's failed because just think about what he said. You know, he, he's declared victory on all of these things. In July, he declared independence from the virus. We have new daily record COVID positive case races. He declared that he was making progress on the border. We have the worst month in DHS history in November. Uh, worst November, excuse me, in DHS history, and we're waiting on December's number now, and there's no indication that's going to be less. On, the, on inflation, he said it was going to be transitory, but now his own administration has retired that word. So on issue after issue, he's gone out there and said, I've accomplished this amazing thing. But what he's really delivered is a crisis. And so that's why Americans are giving him an F on issue after issue. And like you said, on crime, he said that crime was down. He astonishingly said it was down when 12 cities this year have seen all-time homicide records. So really, he's, he's out there kind of denying reality, living in an alternative universe. But the American people see the disastrous impacts of his policies uh, with their own eyes. Folks, again, we're speaking with Tommy Pijot, Rapid Response Director for the GOP. And Tommy, what not only, and this is worth noting, not only is obviously right now, folks, in America— the GOP Republican Party, the amount of people that identify, yes, I lean Republican or I consider myself a Republican and even independents that lean Republican, not only are the Republicans surging, but you're also seeing the decline of the Democrat Party. I think there is across the board, but I do want to preface this. I think the midterms are going to be a red wave, but it only happens if we put in the work. And at the RNC, we're putting in that work. We've made over 12 million volunteer voter contacts, and we're making millions more. We've sent millions on community centers, reaching out to voters that maybe haven't heard from us as much in the past. We're taking nothing for granted, unlike the Democratic Party, who literally is out there doubling down on failure. They're seeing themselves get an F, and they decided, I want more of that. It really is kind of astonishing. I think a powerful example of that is Youngkin. He gets into power, or he's elected by the people of Virginia, largely on the issue of education, with McAuliffe saying that parents shouldn't have a role in their kids' education. Youngkin, the Republican, says no, they should. What does the Michigan Democratic Party do? They put out a tweet saying, we also don't think that parents should have a role in their education. So Michigan uh, Democrats are doubling down on the same failed agenda of Virginia Democrats. So it really is across the country, and that's why Americans are moving towards the Republican Party at record pace. But that only happens, and we only win in 2022, if we build on that momentum, get out there, make those contacts, spread our message, and make sure that we take nothing for granted and leave nothing on the table. You know what else? What about crime? How is it that this such high-profile crime that we're experiencing right now, tragic situation in New York, the subway with that poor woman was pushed you know onto the tracks and then you have in los angeles this horrific story these ucla students stabbed to death by a random homeless person these are tommy is seemingly when when voters see these stories they see one party the party of law and order republicans they i think they they accurately are seeing it's democrat policies that are leading to this surge in crime i think that's exactly right and that's right that they're seeing that because that's the truth. The Democrat policies have led to the surge in crime. That's why in Seattle, deep blue Seattle, they elected the first Republican district attorney in three decades because voters want law and order. And that's just not white voters. You know, Democrats like to divide Americans. Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, white Americans all want more police. They all want law and order. They all want safe communities because that's fundamental having your communities thrive but democrats have decided to abandon those that decades of bipartisan consensus and instead throw up their hands in new york the new york manhattan da is not prosecuting people that resist arrest 
I mean, I, every time I say that, I almost shock myself, not prosecuting people for resisting arrest. It's just astonishing. And we hear these tragic stories again and again, but it's everything from these really uh, horrible, heartbreaking crimes to things as simple as ransacking trains in L.A., where people are literally storming trains and stealing packages as if it's the Wild West. So it's not just one type of crime. It's not just one type of person. It's across the board where you see people not being held accountable for their crimes, Democrats attacking law enforcement, and across the board on almost every type of crime, we're seeing upticks in new records, and the American people are paying the price. Folks, again, he is... Well, you know what, Tommy, one last thing. What does it tell you uh, that when they're looking at 2024, they're saying they may have to get Hillary Clinton, uh, or get her back into the mix because Kamala Harris is not up to the task and, and Joe Biden's not up to the task? Well, I think their desperation betrays them. I think you see it on issues when they talk about issues and they baselessly smear millions of Americans. You know, it shows they're desperate and don't have a leg to stand on. But now when they're trying to scramble and try to find someone else, that shows that they're desperate, too, because they know that the current people they have in there are not popular. So I'm not going to, you know, look ahead that far and focus on the midterms. But whoever they run in 2024, I'm confident Republicans are going to win because Republican policies work and we're seeing Democrat policies just don't. Folks, he is Tommy Pichot, Rapid Response Director for the Republican National. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340. They are located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. Listening to the John DePietro Show, folks, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining us right now is uh, Dr. Rob Harrison, and we've been having a series of conversations with Dr. Rob. And Dr. Rob, listen, January can be a tough month, let alone what's going on with the pandemic, with the fact that COVID is so strong. Um, People can get a little bit of the winter blues, and this is a time that you've also put forward that there are certain ways that people can look for some warning signs that someone could be really struggling. Yeah, it's, it's really important to, to reach out to people that you uh, notice maybe acting a little bit differently, maybe uh, who tend to be isolating themselves, not involved in anything. Um, those are um, could be, not all, necessarily all, but could be signs that somebody's really struggling uh, with uh, anxiety, depression, or uh, or just uh, the circumstances of all around them, um, and anyone can try to help with those those people by just saying, "Hey, what's going on? Let's talk." Um, but also being aware uh, that someone may be thinking of suicide, and I'll let you take it from there, John. Well, and folks, you know, you people hear a lot about the pandemic, but there's there happens to be an epidemic of men and men over the age of 50 that for whatever reason are unhappy with their life and or feel they're in a place they can't get out of and they they take their own life and the reason we have on dr rob is if you're listening right now and whether it's a man or it may be your husband or your son or a, a grandfather or an uncle or a co-worker there is a program that certainly can help people identify when specifically men are dealing with some desperate thoughts Yes, that's a program called Man Therapy. It's a the nice thing about it, it it's anonymous. Uh, a lot of men, because of the stigma, don't want to go to a therapist. They don't want to go even to their doctor sometimes. But they can go to this website. It's called mantherapy.org. 
that is, uh, first place, it's very humorous and really attracts a lot of uh, men. But it also has a ton of resources. It helps people to figure out what's really going on in their life. Um, there's a 20-point head inspection that would be very helpful for men to decide if they're just feeling stressed or if they really might be suffering from depression or, or serious anxiety. So mantherapy.org is a great resource. Uh, anybody can go to it. It's uh, just, and nobody knows that you're doing it. And there's some tremendous uh, shared testimonies of people on that website who've uh, gotten help and found that, uh, that that makes a huge difference in their life. Folks, and I, I want you to understand, I was speaking with Dr. Rob Harrison, that afterwards, when someone, uh, a man, takes his own life, afterwards, there's there's so much second-guessing that's unfairly that goes on with the family, with friends. We didn't know. We wish we had known. This is a way to be proactive. And also, Dr. Rob, you know, let's, let's recognize this is not the happiest subject. It's not the easiest subject. But someone listening right now, by doing that, and then also finding out more about signs to look for. People like to think that if, if someone were drowning, that they would be able to swim and pull them to shore. This is a way to do that and help the person identify and then hopefully get them on the path to getting them the help that they need. That's right, John. And um, there's, there are free trainings that anyone can take. Uh, I offer a 90-minute uh, training called uh, QPR, which stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer, uh, suicide prevention training that is for, open to any adult over the age of 17 uh, that will teach you the warning signs to look for and help you to learn how to ask the question directly and then persuade them to let you help them get some help, just as a friend or a neighbor or a coworker, not as a professional, but to me, we really need to have a wide safety net of our neighbors and friends and, and relatives and coworkers to uh, recognize that someone may be struggling and be able to help them. And folks, this is something we've been, you heard us uh, talking about during the course of the fall, and we're going to continue it because, Dr. Rob, you know, people shouldn't feel, number one, they're not alone. Number two, let's face it, these are very challenging times that we're dealing with. People need, if, if you break your ankle, you go to the doctor, get it fixed. If your car's not running right, you bring it to a mechanic. People should not, they have to uh, get rid of the stigma that is attached to some form of depression or mental illness or just people that for some reason there's re things that are happening that they're having these suicidal thoughts but there are things they can do and mantherapy.org is is the a good way to start it is a great way to start it does have local resources listed on their website also so you can get help locally you can also go to healthybodieshealthyminds.org which has a lot of the uh, training uh schedules on it so you can get help there too and as dr rob knows i had a friend that was uh, just found himself in a desperate place the last in uh, june of 2021 he felt he had no options and he took his own life and this this holiday season was with thanksgiving and christmas his family had to go through it without him and everyone says the same thing they wish they had known they missed him they wish they had seen some of the warning signs folks this is your opportunity dr rob i want to thank you we've um we started this back in the fall we're going to continue to do it thank you for your vision dedication to this happy new year to you and we're going to do keep talking again thanks john i appreciate the opportunity and the best to you and to everyone listening